0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Deep Gripping Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Edelman, and today's episode is going to be kind of short, but totally jam packed full of important information. So, uh, whether this is your first episode or your 110th episode of listening to the deep gripping reality. Make sure you grab a pencil, pen, your favorite writing utensil, or whatever it's going to take to take notes, because this one, you're going to definitely want to take notes. In today's episode, we're going to cover uh, content marketing and well, in general, digital marketing metrics. So you know how to track what's working and what's not. And in in the digital marketing world in 2023 and beyond, this isn't super new ground in terms of of how to track uh, success in marketing, but it's definitely worth hearing because if you're not tracking it, you don't know if it's successful. And sometimes, you know, it can take up to three years for a full marketing effects to be seen. So uh, it's important to know what you're watching for and to make sure you're setting realistic goals. So I'm going to use the term KPI, and that stands for Key Performance Indicator. It basically shows um, what's performing, and it's the thing that you're trying to shoot for. So a lot of people think that marketing is all about um, building conversion, right? Marketing and sales aren't the same thing. They go hand in hand, and you need one... As much as you need the other, they need to understand each other, they can be intertwined, but it's not always about sales and marketing is the kind of the gray area between public relations and sales um, because a lot of times your marketing is what creates the brand awareness is what creates people's impression of your company of your brand and of what it is that you do. So you have to be very careful with that so let's talk about we're going to talk about four key Uh, marketing metrics to keep an eye on four KPIs to watch in 2023 and beyond. And so I'm going to tell you what the KPI is. And then I'm going to tell you what metrics you need to be tracking. Now, This doesn't matter if it's an organic campaign, meaning that you're not paying for anything. You're just, you know, using social media or word of mouth. It doesn't matter if it's a paid digital campaign or even a traditional marketing campaign. These are the kind of things you want to watch for. So the first thing is user engagement. Then we'll talk about brand awareness. Then we'll talk about lead generation, which goes into conversions. So user engagement is one of the first KPIs that a lot of people think about when they think about digital marketing, because we're talking about things that some people call vanity metrics, which is likes or, um, you know, if you're on Reddit, upvotes, that kind of thing. Um, But user engagement is really important because the metrics of social media, I'm sorry, the the. Algorithms of social media platforms are leaning heavy into user engagement. They want people to stay engaged on their platform and they reward with greater reach and greater exposure um, and, and larger audience organically those that are putting out high quality content that, that users are finding valuable and in interacting with. So if your goal is to – your KPI, Key Performance Indicator, is a goal, right? So if your goal is to increase user engagement, then you want to m- monitor things like likes or comments, or shares, or followers. Uh, You want to watch things like reach and see if certain posts boost the reach. You want to look at views, or if you're talking about video, or even podcast episodes, playthroughs. And then if you're paying for that, if you're you're doing a paid uh, marketing campaign, then watch your cost per engagement. That's one of the things that you want to keep Uh, low and be aware of. And, and a lot of times doing some competitive analysis and seeing what your competitors are posting. And then how can you put your spin on that? How can you do it better? Um, And, and so when you're looking at your, your competitor stuff, don't just look at the things that catch your eye. I mean, make a mental note of that, but look at the things that have the highest engagement. Um, And then especially if you're on Facebook, there's a Facebook ad library you can find, which will show you uh, what your competitors are paying for, what what they're paying to boost. So a lot of times, they'll get a lot of paid reach on a post that you're like, ah, that's meh, right? Well, you pay enough money, and Facebook will force feed it to people, and the reach will be there. And the algorithms are fine tuned enough that it's gonna. If if the goal was to increase user engagement and get comments and likes, if it's a well constructed post and you pay for it you're going to see a higher amount. And so if you're going to compare yourself to your competitors, you need to make sure that you're watching that on user engagement. Now, what I'm a big fan of is building organically. Uh, it takes longer, but you learn more because you're forced to do it more often. And so when we talk about that, we're talking about building brand awareness. So brand awareness is an interesting subject because, you know, how can you measure if people are aware of your brand, right? How, how do you know that? Well, you can use Google Analytics, and uh, if one of the highest search terms that's leading to traffic is your company's name, then you know that, the, that you're doing a good job with brand awareness. Um, if people are doing direct traffic, so they're typing in your website, and it helps if your website is your brand name, then that's brand awareness so the metrics to track is traffic to your website um, new profile visits or new followers so if you all of a sudden see a lot of new uh, engagement uh, that aren't from your typical people then that means you're doing good with brand awareness or if you're you're aiming to build brand awareness then keep an eye on that on, on new profile visits on new followers so set goals of you know in the last six months this is how many new followers we gained And in the next six months, this is the new followers we hope to gain or the new profile visits or the traffic, whatever it is that you want to do. And then if you're doing a brand partnership or something along those lines, um, keep an eye on brand mentions. And... Uh, Semrush has a really, really great tool that allows you to do that. Um, and if you set it up with one campaign or with one company, I think there's a certain amount you can do for free. It's a rather expensive tool if you decide to pay for it, but it's, it's, uh, it's worth it. I mean, it, it gives you a lot of great insights and lets you do a lot of competitive analysis. But I could do an entire podcast episode just on that. Um, so we've talked about user engagement, we've talked about building brand awareness. And if you guys want me to do a, an episode on how, to build user engagement and how to build brand awareness and and you know lead generation conversions all, all of these kpis we 're talking about, uh, let me know. You can either send me a message here on Anchor or you can um, reach out to me uh, on social media. Uh, the best way to get in touch with me is is uh, probably on Instagram. Um, TDGR podcast at TDGR podcast. Um, I get a lot of messages and stuff on there. But that's a really good way to get in touch with me. But let me know. And I'd be happy to do an episode on that in the future. So that leads us to the next thing, which is lead generation. So now we're getting more into the sales side of it. And so basically lead generation is a really simple thing uh, in terms of what you measure, okay? Um, Number of leads that you're getting, So if you partner with somebody to send you leads, number of leads, and you want to watch the quality of them too. And the way that you can do that is looking at your conversion rate. So if somebody sends you, you know, a thousand leads and only one of them or two of them actually is a viable lead, then that's not necessarily high quality lead generation. That's, you know, the conversion rate on that is not where you want it to be. So, you know, keep an eye on past tactics that you've used for lead generation and, um, you know, analyze what the, the conversion rate was and, and even the cost per lead on that. Divide that out. So, you know, if you spent, um, you know, 500 bucks and you got, uh, I don't know, it depends on your industry. It's hard to say, but it, you say you spent 500 bucks and you got, you know, um, 5,000 leads, right? And only two converted, right? Then that cost per lead, unless your sales are, are very, very high, the dollar value, that cost per lead is going to be insane, right? So... That's something to keep an eye on when you're talking about paying for lead generation. Um and, and sometimes you got you know, when we talk about cost, sometimes it's a it's an investment of time. So, you know, I'm always talking about sunk cost. In past episodes I've talked about this pretty extensively, but like when you are not doing one thing and instead are doing another, like you are there's a sunk cost to that. It's it's a, an opportunity cost rather. I'm sorry, I keep saying sunk cost. Sunk cost is something you've spent money on and, and you can't really get that back. But the, there's an opportunity cost to it. Wrong term, sorry. So again, if you are doing something and you could be doing something else, that thing that you could be doing is the opportunity cost. And so if you spend a lot of time on lead generation, that you on something that you just absolutely are sure is going to work and it doesn't, there's an opportunity cost on that and you need to be aware of it. Now, keep in mind, marketing is, you know, 100%, 100% experimentation. There's a science to it. There's a reason that I, I'm, I'm getting my uh, master's in business administration with a focus on marketing is because marketing is, is, is a science, which means there's a lot of testing. There's a lot of experimenting. There's a lot of taking what works and then figuring out how to make it work even better. And you just, you improve. You learn something new every day and you improve. So... The hard part about that is a lot of people, when budgets get tight, the first thing that they cut is their marketing budget, and that's foolish. Or they'll let go of their creative person. That's foolish. And the reason that's foolish is because, again, if you're trying to drive brand awareness or lead generation or or, or user engagement, it's hard to do that and run your business without a marketer. So, you know, next time the budget is tight in whatever your business is, maybe double down on your marketing. Focus on your marketing because. When other companies, if it's an industry-wide thing, when other companies are cutting their marketing budget, that means there's an opportunity for you to fill there, a void that's getting created. And if you're doing it right and you're making high-quality content, content marketing is, is a must in that time. So that's my two cents. I went off on a tangent. I didn't want this podcast to be over 10 minutes. Clearly, it already is. So I'm going to back, back up. Let's go to the fourth metric. We talked about brand awareness, user engagement, lead generation. So now we're going to be talking about Conversions and conversion is when you, um, there's a couple different ways to look at conversion. So the metrics you want to track is click through rate. So it, that's, um, impressions divided by clicks, right? There's the cost per conversion, right? And again, same type of thing. You you know, if it converts to a sale, what did that cost you essentially? Um, and then there's new visitor conversion rate. So those are the three different things that you want to gonna gonna want to keep an eye on. And and there's especially if we're talking about through your website, there's actually quite a few ways to track where your traffic is coming like coming from like you can use what's called a UTM. I think it stands for Urchin Traffic Monitor. Yeah, UTM is Urchin Traffic Monitor codes. But basically what it is is you can create a special link that'll say like say it's abc.com slash article right if you wrote an article so abc.com slash article and then there would be a slash and a bunch of what looks like gibberish it still links to the same page but that is the link that your uh, that you might use for Facebook so that you can see that it's a Facebook-generated lead a little easier. Or And so when you go into Google Analytics, you can actually just search for that UTM code and be able to see how many leads are actually coming from whatever you're investing your time and energy and effort into. So if you're doing a lot of – and, yes, there's ways. I mean, obviously, you can see where it's coming from Facebook, but specifically like – if you have a brand partnership with a another company or with an influencer or something along those lines, then it makes a lot of sense um, for you to take that and use a UTM code um, so that you can track exactly where it's coming from. So, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. You want to consider your budget. You want to consider whatever your promotion plan is, whether that's going to be using... Um, you know, promoting with, with money or promoting with, with organic posts. Um, but there is a lot to take into consideration when creating a marketing plan. And then remember your marketing plan, especially if it's a physical document, uh, make it on a Google doc or something, because that's a living document. It's going to evolve. It's going to change. It's a guide more than anything else. And you want to stick to the guide as closely as possible in the beginning, but know that it's going to adapt. It's going to evolve. Um, so those are all very important things to keep in mind. And if you do decide that you want to partner with influencers or, or content creators on social media that already have it and you kind of want to piggyback on that, let's talk about really quick, this is a, a bonus set of tips that I'm going to throw out there and then I'm going to get rid of, then, then we're going to get rid of this episode. We'll be done. Um, we're going to talk about influencers. So there are actually four different um, types of Of influencers. There's the mega influencers, and those are the the people that have a million plus followers on on whatever platform, and usually on multiple platforms. Mega influencers are super expensive. Um, They are, you know, they're the ones that have huge brand deals, right? There's macro influencers. So that you're looking at um, a little bit more niche uh, sometimes, or they'll be general, but in a certain niche. Um, So that would be. Anywhere from 100,000 to a million followers. Those are macro. Then there's micro influencers. And these are people who have between 10,000 and 100,000 followers. Now we're getting even more niche down. Um, these are people who have a really good circle of influence. And these micro influencers usually you know, have a pretty loyal fan base. And so where a lot of the bigger companies will spend their money on influencers, aside from mega influencers, especially like, we'll say medium-sized companies, a lot of medium-sized influencers will spend money on micro-influencers. I'm sorry. A lot of medium-sized companies will spend their influencer budget on micro-influencers to reach that ten to 100,000 followers or nano-influencers. In Nano-influencers are up-and-coming people who are usually... Um, growing very quickly on a platform because they have figured out their niche and they are very focused and they are very passionate and they speak they tend to be very invested in building their audience and building their community so nano influencers i for for my money that's where the best investment is because what you're doing is you're creating a partnership with that nano influencer who has ten thousand followers or less and you know when they grow hopefully you grow with them and as they make higher brand deals, you may be able to keep a lower cost there as well. And so it's, it's, definitely worth it Um, for the price a nano influencer is worth partnering with. Just make sure you have a really, like they're aware of the KPIs. You have a very solid plan, very open communication. It's not a willy nilly thing. It's one of those things that you really plan out the terms of the agreement. I mean, you got to understand you're not going to get mega influencers that have $100 a hundred million dollars on a cheap budget. I mean, if, as an example, Um, Ronaldo, the the soccer player, he's got 491 million followers. That sounds awesome, but his price is $890,000 per post. $890,000 for one post with Ronaldo. So, you know, don't think you're going to be able to, and, and, and they also usually have agents that they go through. So, you know, if you can reach out and make a partnership with a nano influencer or even become a nano influencer, that's a good way to go. But it all, um, it all rotates around, uh, understanding the KPIs. And, you know, I, I said $890,000, whatever. If you want to talk about how much influencers usually charge a nano influencer, um, on Instagram uh, might have 500 to 5,000 followers, maybe 10,000, and an Instagram post would be 100 bucks. Instagram video, 114, a story, 43 bucks. That's the average right now for a nano-influencer for one post, or a micro-influencer, which you can reach up to 30,000 followers on on Instagram, you're still looking under 300 bucks across the spectrum. Um, YouTube, it's a little bit different. Um, nano influencers usually charge about 315 bucks for a, for a video. Micro influencers, it's about $900. And those are the people that have between 500 or 5,000 and 30,000 followers. So, you know, it, it kind of depends on, on what you, who you're partnering with on which platform. Boy, I just went down a crazy rabbit hole. I apologize. Um, but I, have reached the end of it because that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm going to try to get back to posting more regularly, um, these, these, uh, these podcast episodes of the deep gripping reality. Um, I, I realized recently I've spent this entire last year learning and getting better at video production and editing and, you know, uh, YouTube marketing and have backed away from, from the, uh, from the podcast. And that's not necessarily a good thing because when you back away from the podcast, in my case, um, you're missing an opportunity. When I teach you about these things, I'm actually helping reaffirm my own knowledge as well. And then I can go back and listen to it too. So there's a little selfishness in it, but if you found value in this episode, do me a favor and, um, leave me a review on iTunes. That would be great. Maybe share it, uh, or subscribe to it on whatever podcast platform you like. Um, I'm pretty sure that anchor now automatically adds, um, a question, to the, to the podcast episode on Spotify. So if there's a question, feel free to answer it. I'm sure the engagement there would help. Um, but until next time, dig deep, my friends. You're listening to the Deep Gripping Reality Podcast. The show that gives you leadership lessons and insights from the cutting edge of digital marketing. Hosted by Stephen J. Edelman. It's about to get...